the Carolina Hurricanes are about to kick off a six-game road trip starting tomorrow against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Find out what the Hurricanes need to do with insight from myself and Locked On Penguins host Hunter in this episode of Locked On Hurricanes. Your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes and Locked On Penguins your first listen of the day. And today I am joined by Hunter from the Locked On Penguins podcast. Good to be here, Jared. You know, I think this is probably the first crossover we've done. You know, we were really close last year to doing one in the playoffs. I was getting ready to buy a ticket to go down to Raleigh until Louis Domingue decided to screw some things up with that. But I'm glad we're doing one now. It's I'm also glad that they're the two the two teams are playing in November and not playing all four games in February and March and April like they did last season. Yeah. It, speaking of that, you know, we already closed our season series against Edmonton and Colorado. It's crazy that, you know, we're just now playing each other for the first time here at the tail end of November. And we're already done with season series for other teams. It's crazy to think about. And, you know, another thing that's crazy, we're both like day one, like locked on NHL hosts, and we've never done a crossover before. Yeah, it's weird, you know, because yeah, you know, the Penguins and Hurricanes—they've been playing each other in the same division for the last several years now. So you'd think we would do this, uh, at least the one crossover. But you know, I'm, again, I'm glad we're doing it now. Two teams yep. that are in a playoff position. The Metro's a lot more competitive this season. But I figured I'd ask, I would ask you, Jared, just to kick this off. You know, the Hurricanes—they've been struggling a little bit as of late. Lost eight of their last eleven, but they've gotten mm-hmm. points in eight of their last eleven games, which is obviously good. Um, what has been the big reason why they've been struggling to win some games um, during this last stretch where I also believe they lost five in a row compared to in the early parts of the season where they came out playing really well? Yep, uh, they're able to snap that five-game losing losing streak the other night against Calgary, which is obviously really good. But the those losing efforts really come down to two things, really. Special teams, specifically power play, which... <laughs> has been abysmal uh last i checked the power play was 30th in the nhl uh it was not great uh and then not capitalizing uh, on opportunities they're getting uh, a bunch of high danger chances and just not able to follow through the goals just weren't coming and you know i'm hesitant to get my hopes up uh heading into this game against the penguins and you know the rest of the road trip, uh, but it was a step in the right direction. They're, they've been able to get some power play goals here in the last couple games, uh, last game spe- specifically against Calgary, which was really good because it has been such a bad problem for the team. But it's really getting that confidence back. I also think it's a bit of a mental issue as well of like our power play sucks. We can't get goals and they're in their own heads. Uh, but hopefully things are going in the right direction for them now. That, like you said, they're able to get points in all of those losses, which is a testament to 
the resilience of the team, you know, being able to fight back and at least get a point. And then on the flip side of that, uh, some of their issues of not playing the full 60 minutes of letting other teams come back, that Minnesota game comes to mind there. Uh, but now we just look ahead to Pittsburgh and play the full 60 minutes and capitalize on power play opportunities and your high danger chances. Yeah, you know, Penguins fans, you know, and everyone who listens to my show, you know, we can sympathize with a bad power play because the Penguins power play is ranked, I believe, 27th in the league right now. Just a really bad unit overall. You know, mm-hmm. It's <clears throat> excuse me, it's weird because there's so much talent you can throw on that unit. Three Surefire, three Surefire Hall of Famers. Jake Gensel, who's one of the 10 best goal scorers in the league. I, I would put him up there as top five, in my opinion. And then you can trot out whoever you want. Ricard, Raquel, Brian, Rust, that he struggled. They have Jeff Petrie up there right now so you know we can definitely sympathize with that and my apologies i think it's seven of the 11 games because you won three and then got the loser point and the mm-hmm. other four but um i have noticed though as well for your team you know i think the big guns are playing like the big guns spashnikov's been great aho's been awesome uh martin Nechas has been really good as well but i think outside of that it seems like some of those other depth pieces have struggled this season uh, I was reading today um, from Adam Gretz of Pennsburg, who does a great job just looking at the week ahead for the Penguins. And I actually did not know that the quartet of Seth Jarvis, Tavo Teravine, and Paul Stastny and Spirit Kakanyemi only have six total goals this season. Mm-hmm. I just did not expect to see that, especially from someone like Teravine, who I think is one of the more consistent players. And you sign Paul Stastny for very cheap over the summer. You're mm-hmm. paying Kakanyemi a lot of term with, with, with a decent AAV, you know, what is, what has been missing in their games this year? That's just having them not produce right now. Yeah. So Tavo, he's out hurt right now. Which, yes. Right. Uh, yeah. And he's not a goal scorer. He's all, he's definitely a pass first kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a guy, you know, it just won't come in for him. Seth Jarvis uh, with him. He's definitely carrying the load there for the goals. Uh, but you know, with him, he definitely hit a bit of a early season wall of just struggling to get things going. And yeah, I forget which game I forget if it was the Calgary game or the game before he was finally able to get back on the board, uh, which is great for him. Uh, stats. I don't know what is going on there. I really don't. Uh, he had, it was one of the earlier games. He had one goal, but it ended up getting called back. Uh, and yes, yeah, Spiri, he got his first of the season and the last game. So he's one that he's been knocking on the door a lot this season, but it just like hasn't opened up for him yet. I really hope that, you know, the door is going to open for him this season. I feel he has been one that's, not necessarily struggled, but is still fitting into his new role as that second line center taking over from Vincent Trocek and just getting used to that role, the more responsibility, uh, more ice time. And I feel he's just trying to get used to that. And, you know, Brent Burns was the same way earlier in the season. Yeah. He started to get things going a bit in terms of offense. He's still struggling a bit defensively, uh, and making some mistakes there, but I think that just comes with being in a new system after being in in the other one for over a decade. So, uh, you know, I think Jarvis, he's just hitting a a bit of a wall. He just needs 
that one goal, you know, to start getting some confidence back. Cotton Yemi, he's there now. Statsny, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, and my, my apologies for the terrifying thing. I knew that he had been hurt. I was just wondering if he was still out because I don't think he was on IR last time. No, he was not. Um, with him, Brendan Moore said uh, this morning after practice that he is traveling with the team on this road trip. Whether or not he plays a, in that game against Pittsburgh, that is going to be up to Tavo. If he's ready to go, he'll play. If he's not, they're going to be rolling with the group that they've been rolling with. Yeah, that, you know, makes a ton of sense. And, you know, you look at the rest of the Hurricanes lineup. I mean, it's, you know, four very deep lines. Obviously, old friend Jordan Stahl is still centering the third line. Um, I think every Penguin fan out there, most of them, I would say, you know, have fond memories um, of him. And it's hard to believe it's been about 10 years since the uh, trade happened. So mm-hmm. that time just flew by. But, you know, defensively, Jared, you know, that's, I think, where the Hurricanes also, you know, make their name. Obviously, they're great with shot attempts, scoring chances, high danger chances, and they can score at will. But defensively, they have some very good players. And it all starts with Jacob Slavin. I think he's one of the 10 best defensemen in the league. He can do it all. Um, and then, you know, he's also playing with Brent Burns, who, you know, I was kind of surprised that they got him over mm-hmm. the offseason just because I didn't know who was going to trade for his contract. Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, Calvin DeHaan, and then Jalen Chatfield. What have you seen from Brent Burns thus far? Um just overall, you know, has he really been turning it around a little bit after a couple of down years in San Jose has been, has playing on a winning team helped him a bunch. And overall, just what are your thoughts on the defensive group this season? Yeah. So as a whole, the defensive group, I do like it. They have been, you know, making some mistakes, Burns, especially, you know, just some bad decisions, some lapses. But like I said, you know, he played in San Jose for over a decade. I think it was you know, 11, 12 years he played out there. So, you know, he is going to take some time to get used to a new system. And, you know, I think, you know, he's has started to put things together offensively, you know, between goals and assists, you know, really starting to rack them up, which is great. And, you know, I think with him, you know, he's paired with arguably the best defensive defenseman in the NHL. So, you know, he can do his thing. You know, Brent Burns is an offensive defenseman. He can do his thing, you know, because Jacob Slavin is good, so good at what he does. Uh, with Burns, I do think he definitely brings a a level of grit and intensity to the defense. I really like that. I just, you know, think it's going to take a little bit of time for him to, you know, reel in some of those mistakes and lapses in his in his game uh, to where you know we're at mid season. He's putting things together a bit more. Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, that's always a a great pairing. Like between that and like the third line, those never get changed, barring an injury or something like that. Uh with the fourth pairing, um, you know, cycling between Calvin DeHaan, Jalen Chatfield, and Dylan Coglin. There, um, Chatfield, you know, he was a guy that a lot of folks were like, are you know, is he gonna make the jump from the AHL to the NHL? You know, he looked really, really good in his little stint here last season when we had a bunch of guys out with COVID. He earned he played so well, he earned himself a two-year extension. And you know, going into training camp and preseason, very much like Seth Jarvis last year, he just forced Brendan Moore and Gleason and all the coaching staff to be like, 
well, he's just playing so good. We can't send him back. And he's stuck around. And he's the guy that hasn't gotten cycled out of the lineup. It's been Jalen Chat, or it's been Calvin DeHaan and Dylan Coglin. Those are the guys that are swapping in and out. And, you know, it was looking even more crowded earlier in the offseason when Ethan Bear was still here, when we were still unsure of whether or not Jake Gardner was going to be playing this season. In Chatfield, he has been stellar and he has been really underrated this season. And he's a guy that is flying under the radar and definitely one you're going to have to watch out for. Yeah, I'm excited to, you know, watch him, at least for that game, just because I don't think I've really watched a lot of his games mm-hmm. over his career. And then, you know, finally, um, Penguins will probably not be seeing Frederick Anderson in that game. I think they saw on Toronto in all, I think all four games last season. So they know him quite well, or they will be seeing um, the amazing goaltender nicknamed Coochie, of course. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's just, you know, I will always love you guys for coming up with that nickname for um, um, just, can you pronounce, can you pronounce his last name for me, Jared? So I do not butcher that on my show. I still struggle to pronounce it sometimes. Piotr Kochekov. Okay, perfect. I was probably going to bungle that because I've never pronounced that on my show before. And I did not need to be a meme in my YouTube comments or just in my DMs and stuff. But I'm just going to call him Coochie because that is his nickname. So the Penguins will be seeing one of those two goaltenders. Um, Just to wrap up this part of the show, Jared, um, how have both of them been playing this season? And which one would you expect to start? They've both been playing really, really well. Uh, Auntie Ronte is coming off a bit of an injury. Nothing major. You know, just kind of tweaked something in uh, morning skate uh, a couple games ago. And, you know, I think they they can't go wrong either one. Uh, I think uh, Piotr, he's, he's been lights out, you know, every game. Even the games they've lost, he's been the one guy you can look to like, all right, he pulled his weight. It was all the other guys that were just – passengers on the bus and you know not doing anything at all uh he's gonna be a goalie you really gotta you really gotta watch out for because he is stellar like you said he makes highlight real saves he isn't afraid to drop the gloves as well uh, as we've seen before uh you know this season uh as well as last season in the playoffs when we were squaring up at brad Marshan, ready to uh, fight him you know, and he's definitely a guy that can carry this team for a long time. As far as who we see tomorrow, it's going to be a bit of a toss up in the last game against Calgary. We saw, I believe, Auntie Ranta in that game. So I feel like it wouldn't surprise me if we saw Ronta again because Piotr did go on such a long stretch of playing and Rod doesn't like guys sitting for too long. Uh, so it, it's going to be 50-50, honestly. I don't think you can go wrong either way. I think, honestly, Piotr may be the uh, go-to for that game because he has been so hot lately and you know, just ride the hot set of hands. Yeah, I mean, either way, I think the Penguins will they'll have their hands full just going up against one of those two goaltenders just because mm-hmm. they've, they've been playing really well this season. Um, coming up in the next segment, we're going to flip it. So Jared is going to ask me about everything regarding the Penguins this season. And 
there's just been a lot. We could probably spend three hours talking about this team <laughs> overall. But yeah. before we get to that, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning securities system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. You can order your Simply Safe system for 50% off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents that use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. It was also named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report. That is a third year in a row that has happened with the top rate Simply Safe app. You can also stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. You can arm or disarm it, unlock it for a guest, access your cameras for your home, or adjust system settings. Do not miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. You can get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so do not wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, folks, we're back. And we talked about the Hurricanes power play struggling as much as it has. The Penguins are in the same boat. Uh, they're both 26 and 27 in the league uh, in terms of power play percentage. Hurricanes are at 26 at 16.9. Penguins are literally right on their heels at 27 at 16.7%. We talked about what has been the problem for the hurricanes in terms of the power play flip the script what's causing the penguins to struggle so much on the power play yeah i, I think overall the first unit is just total garbage right now you know the, the, they get in the zone and even when they do it's cleared right back down and then when they go and get it um they're coming up the ice they do this stupid drop pass which i hate they don't need to go backwards to go forwards um the zone entries are horrendous right now and even when they do get in the zone they overpass they sometimes get a chance, and then it's just going right back down the other way. It's just that constant cycle. Mike Sullivan removes it after 55 seconds to a minute. Second unit comes on, and usually that unit actually looks better than the unit that has three for, uh, surefire Hall of Famers on it. Um, I don't really know what they're doing in practice to just struggle this bad. I mean, I'm moving to Pittsburgh in a few days, so I would love to go out there to Cranberry sometimes and just – you know, drop down some notes and look to see what they're practicing and such and such because it looks like they do not practice it at all. It almost just seems like they're out of ideas. They can change the configuration as much as they want, but until they start, you know, getting the zone entries down and moving the puck around crisply and getting more than one chance each time you enter the zone, you're just going to see the same old crap. And, you know, you know your power play is bad when late in the game against the Flyers after the fourth line was playing really well. They had three of the Penguins' four goals on um, – <clears throat> Friday night, uh, Mike, they get a late power play. Mike Sullivan's like, all right, I'm going to put you guys out there. We're, we're not going to be doing the free union out here to try and up the score. He just wanted to kill the clock. And, you know, I think the first unit should be, I shouldn't say ashamed, but they should feel a little like, wow, you know, I think that's a, a code for us to wake up. The second unit has been much better with getting chances. That unit usually consists of Jason Zucker. Danton Heinen, Jeff Petrie before he got moved up to the top unit. Jeff Carter, I think, is on there at times. So they just need to be more consistent and they need to stop trying to pass the puck into the net and just, you know, work the puck around the big guns. Latang needs to keep shooting more from the point. They need to get more traffic from the net. And, you know, they just they get back to doing what they were doing last season, the year before that. 
this power play should be better. This power play should be fine because they probably would have won a few more games at this point in the season, even though they're in the playoffs right right now. They probably would probably have a few more wins if the power play wanted to just wake up every now and then. That sounds really familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, really not surprised that it's a lot of the same issues, you know, that's plaguing both of us, especially mm-hmm. the overpassing, because that has been something I've criticized the Hurricanes on pretty much ever since I started this show. It, the power play has always been an issue for the Hurricanes. Now, so it's going to be very interesting to see these two not so great power play units go against each other uh tomorrow but one thing that the penguins do have going for them is their penalty kill it's ranked ninth in the nhl right now at 81.4 percent hurricanes is improving steadily right now as of this recording ranked at 15th at seven or 79.5 percent it was much farther down earlier in the season where it was again struggling as well now, what has been the success to the penalty killing? We talked about the bad. Let's talk about the good. Yeah, I mean, the penalty kill, it, it, it didn't start out good, to say the least. It was close to dead yeah. last in the league. They were giving up basically a goal per game the first few weeks of the season. And then it started to turn around a little bit. The goaltending was improving. I think this latest stretch, they're getting it's like 940, 942 save percentage on the PK from both Jari and DeSmith. That obviously plays a big role. But, you know, even before then, it was starting to turn around because they were getting more aggressive coming up to the puck carriers. They weren't just sitting back like they were and just you know, just being way too passive. Um, and when you also couple that with Teddy Bluger then returning after a lengthy absence, you know, they, this unit is 17 for 17 since Bluger returned on November 15th, two weeks ago. That, that is huge. He, he is great at blocking shots. He is great at getting you know, his stick in passing lanes. And he, he, he honestly, that unit will go as far as he will take them, I think Mm -hmm. is the way to say it. And, you know, it's, it's been a huge catalyst for this turnaround. You know, you can't, you can get by with kind of a meh power play and a good penalty kill, but you can't win games if both of your special teams Mm -hmm. units are really bad. And it was, that's why I was kept saying on my show, I'm like, if they can really turn that unit around and get better goaltending on it, that can really just get games going in the other direction for the Penguins so they're not making all these losing plays when they're down a man. Sure enough, that ended up happening, and you saw them rattle off five straight wins, and they won seven out of nine before dropping or laying an egg against the Leafs on Saturday. I think that was just mainly due to them being tired. They played three games in four nights. I don't think they have another back-to-back for the next several weeks at this yeah, point. It- but, yeah, it's... That unit has been great lately, and it needs to continue, especially if the power play is going to, is going to continue to stink. Yeah, it's very much in the same boat as the Hurricanes. Yeah, for a stretch there, the PK was abysmal as well. Uh, these teams are, you know, in similar-ish positions. You know, the Hurricanes have been able to, you know, rattle off some points, you know, even in some overtime losses to keep them, you know, solidified in a playoff spot. The Penguins... Uh, were able to, you know, get in that second wild card spot uh, the other day. You know, after you know, kind of been being on the outside looking in there for a little bit. Uh, but we're talking about you know how big of a special teams you're going to play a role in this game. But one thing I think that is also going to play a role is how good these teams are in the faceoffs because we got two top ten uh, teams in the NHL and face-off win percentage right now. Uh, Penguins are at number 10 at 
52.2%. The Hurricanes are at number four at 53.1%. And, you know, they're so evenly matched Hurricanes with a slight edge of uh, being able to gain that edge. You know, while, you know, some people, you know, may not think of it as, you know, super, super important, but when your power plays are struggling as bad as these teams are, every little bit helps, especially the Hurricanes are trying to, you know, get those, get that losing streak off their back, get a winning streak started. Penguins, you know, they're starting to get the ball rolling a bit. You know, let's, you know, I feel that that's going to be something that plays a factor in this game. And, you know, your old friend Jordan Stahl is phenomenal in the faceoff circle. So how big of a role do you think, you know, gaining that small edge is going to play in this game? I think it could, you know, definitely a little bit. You know, I mean, some people always say that faceoffs don't matter, and you yeah, know, I, I I understand what they're saying, but you know, at times, mm-hmm. you know, they they really do. And, and you know, for as much as I've bagged on Jeff Carter uh, this season, he's actually been one of their best faceoff um, centers this year, and I think that's mm-hmm. why he's continuing to have that third line center spot. Again, Malkin's been taking some faceoff um, opportunities away from Sidney Crosby, especially on the power play. That's a new wrinkle that we really haven't seen Mike Sullivan do before, but. I do think it can play a little bit of a role, um, especially you know again you know going up against Stahl. Um, he's one usually one of the best in the league. Aho is usually up there as well. So I'll be curious to see how Crosby does against him. I, I would I would have to think Malkin has the edge over Kakiniemi just because he's yeah. been really good on faceoffs yeah, this I, year. But that. you know I, I think overall you know again is it going to play a bit of a factor? Yes, but I think you know for me it's for the Penguins. You know making sure they're not feeling deflated, not going to lay another egg like they did on Saturday. It's obvious that they kind of have a little bit of a problem with the second half of back-to-backs. They've been awful in them yeah. this season. I believe Josh Yoey wrote the article the other day, and they were like one in four and one on the second half of back-to-backs. The only win coming against lowly Chicago, a place they hadn't won in since 2009. So I think it's just them not being fatigued, them not be feeling deflated, and just making sure they get to their game, which you know, at times against Carolina, they had some pr- trouble with that last season, but they also did play – um, de- decently well um, at PBG Paints Arena um, against Carolina State. I think they split the two games there. Um, and one of them was very tight. And then the other one, the Penguins were able to win. I believe the score was three to one. That was late in the season. So mm-hmm. um, no, th- those were some fun games. And, you know, I'm excited to see how this one plays out as well. Yeah. So one last thing for you is, yeah, something I've talked about for a uh, for a while now is you know in terms of you know the hurricanes you know getting their organization together uh to put it politely and you know going from you know a laughing stock to a really good team and it seemed like there's a bit of a changing of the guard whereas you know it used to be like the penguins and capitals they ran the metro and you know the capitals are falling off they are they're currently sitting at sixth in the metro right now and you know i keep saying every year the uh, you know penguins and capitals they're gonna they're gonna fall off uh, but in the capitals are but the penguins are sticking around and you know they're 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 falling down you know and they're not as dominant as they were say 10 years ago but what is really helping the penguins stay in the mix so much even when they are an older team yeah, I mean, I think the, what, the, one of the biggest reasons, at least for me, if not the biggest reason, is the core um, of Gimme Malkin and Sidney Crosby have been lights out. This mm-hmm. Crosby's ha- is 
you know, I believe top in the league in five on five points this season. He's top 10 to top 15 overall in points. He is playing at a ridiculous level once again, and that should not be a surprise. He's one season away from tying Wayne Gretzky's record of 19 straight point per game seasons. I think Sid is going to hit that this season. Malkin is fully, was fully healthy coming into the season. It is shown he has been awesome as well. Jason Zucker also playing great. Um, he is finally showing why the Penguins acquired him just a few years ago and you know why he deserves to make that 5.5 million this year. He's at almost at a point per game pace. Jake Ensel is playing at a high level. Um, it's it's been those top two lines that's really carried the load for the Penguins this year. And just, you know, the leadership group that the Penguins core has, there's just a belief in them that you know they can always win on any given night. And as you know, the Penguins will go as far as that core will take them. Mike Sullivan, even when the team was on that seven-game losing streak, I was like, you know, he's going to find a way to get them out of this. And sure enough, that's what a great coach does. They won five in a row, seven out of nine before dropping the game against the Maple Leafs. Um, he's one of the five best coaches in hockey. And I, I think that's showing yet again uh, this season. And also, you know, the health. There was a crazy stat yesterday. The Penguins have been fully healthy for the last six to seven games, knock on wood. That's the most amount of games they've been fully healthy for dating back for the last decade. Like a fully, actually healthy lineup. That just goes to show how the injury luck for them has always been bad. And the fact that they've been relatively healthy for most of the season, now fully healthy, that goes a long way as well because they can finally ice the lineup that you know they they wanted to have over the offseason. They couldn't even do it last season, for God's sakes. It was just so bad. But you know, those are the main reasons why I think the team is just, you know, still in contention, even though it's a bit of an older group. The core players are you know, making their money's worth. I think if Chris Letang is able to really start turning his season around, that's only going to make the Penguins a bit more scarier to go up against. But, you know, at least for me, those are the main reasons why I think this team um, should never be counted out, at least, you know, with many media pundits and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, it's just crazy to think of just how they're able to stick around so much. But we'll get into our predictions for this game tomorrow right after this. Folks, betonline.net is your number one source for your sports betting infos, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find all those at betonline as well. The World Cup is going on right now, so make sure you're going over to betonline.net to get your betting fix because they are the fastest and easiest way to get that betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Now, Hunter, this is the first matchup for these two teams this season. And, you know, we're going to see more of each other, you know, as the season goes along, of course, you know, still relatively early in the year folks are still trying to get their feet under them especially here with the hurricanes you know we've got a lot of guys out patch still hasn't played kasha hasn't played since the first game of the season anderson's out tavo's out you know it's going to be a different team you know by the next time we play each other because someone is going to be back in the lineup hopefully at least but what are you predicting to see in this game, whether it be a win, a loss, a uh, guy you know, or guys that you know, have good games, guys that have disappointing games? What are you expecting to see in this in this game? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a, a really tight game. You know, these these two teams played four uh, really good games against each other last season that were very tight throughout, and it was you know getting me honestly amped for a playoff series. I think after mm-hmm. every one, I was like, man, it'd be great if these two teams could play in the playoffs again because they haven't played it in the playoffs since two thousand nine, and you know I think all Penguins fans know how that went um, with it yes, all. But yes, we do. Yeah, <laughs> long time ago. There's, you know, in terms of penguin players that were on that team, there's only three now that are um, still on the team now, and that's for obvious reasons. It was 13 years ago, but I think the Penguins, you know, they just got to get back to four checking hard, getting their chances. They are top ten in most metrics league wide, shot attempts four per sixty, scoring chances, high danger chances, expected goals. Um, they're going to have. You know their time in the offensive zone, and but also to flip that, Carolina is also going to have their time in the offensive zone. Their, their underlying numbers are very good per usual. They gave the Penguins defensemen fits last season. I thought I think that in the last game that the Penguins beat the Hurricanes in, I think it was that three to one game. Carolina was playing on a back to back, and you wouldn't know it based off how the Penguins were playing, but the Penguins were able to finish off their chances while the Hurricanes were not. And I think Tristan Jarry also made a lot of really good saves in that one. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to repeat that kind of recipe to beat this Hurricanes team. You know, you will kind of want to, you know, give them a taste of their own medicine, which is, you know, how good they are for checking and going from low to high and getting to the high danger areas. Um, the Penguins also just, again, you know, they got to do that. And they also got to keep defending well, because before that Leafs game, they were doing a really good job of keeping the opposition away from the net mouth, which has been a problem for them over the last few years. Um, so I think that is also a big key for me. And I think considering that Tristan Jari is going to start in this game, or at least I believe he will, I don't think they're going to go to Casey to Smith. Jari has been starting to turn it around a little bit for his last few starts before that just wasn't having a good season after um, his first few starts. But you know, if he can keep it up, and continue to make saves, you know, that's going to be, you know, it's going to really up the Penguins' chances of winning. As for like a prediction for me, so I've I've actually picked them to win two times in a row. So I'm feeling good about it. I think it's going to be a close three to two Penguins win. This is a five-game homestand. They just played 13 of 19 on the road to open the season. Just ridiculous amount of road games to open. And you know, they just lost their first game on the five-game homestand. You know, that you can't afford to have a bad homestand here, especially as they fought their way back into the playoff picture after that seven game losing streak. So either the Penguins will bounce back, they'll win this one, and then they'll have to focus on Vegas and St. Louis and a couple other teams that are going to come to PPG Paints Arena soon. Yeah, uh, with this game, I think you know that the Hurricanes are really going to have to have their ducks in a row. I know, you know, we don't have JD from you know locked on ducks here, but you know, still had to uh you know get that metaphor in. But you know, I think that you know, the Hurricanes, they finally got their power play starting to go. That needs that's going to be key in this game. And they need to, while they have had those high danger chances, one thing I've been critical of them in the past is they feel like they're just taking so many shots and they're just shooting to shoot, not shooting to score. And I think, you know, that's going to be really important here. Because, like you said, Jari, you know, he's starting to get things going. And if he's going to be the guy that you're going against, you need to be, you know, picking those shots well, capitalizing on those high danger chances and tidying up those defensive lapses. You know, there's because you're going against a team that, yeah, they might be older, but there's still a team that can take advantage of those. It's not a team, you know, like, you know, no disrespect, but like Arizona, 
Yeah, you know, <laughs> even though we just got shut out by Arizona, which I don't know why we're using that one, but let's go with it. You know, a team that you know you could make uh, a mistake like that and get away with it. Yeah, Pittsburgh, they're they're not a team like that. You know, they're gonna make you pay for stuff. And you know, I think that the Hurricanes, Brent Burns, you know, especially playing there on that uh first defensive pairing, he's gonna he's a guy that's made some noticeable mistakes this year. He's gonna have to have his stuff in line, you know, and ready to go. And the skaters as a whole, forwards and defensemen. You know, an issue as of late, especially in that five-game losing streak, was leaving the goalie out to dry. Whether it was Piotr, whether it was Ranta, you know, the goalie can only do but so much. And they can only make so many highlight reel saves. The skaters have to do their job as well, and they don't need to leave their goalies out to dry like they have been as of late. As far as a prediction for the game, I feel like overtime would be a safe bet uh, for this game because of obviously the Hurricanes' recent history, but the way these two teams play each other, I I agree with you. I think it's going to be close. I think you know a three-two, two-one uh, game is very likely. I'm, gosh, you know, it, I'm kind of hesitant to pick the Hurricanes to win. I'm I'm going to uh, obviously, but. You know, with the Hurricanes' recent history, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm a little hesitant to start, you know, putting my eggs in their basket because of what they've shown as of late. I really want to see them, you know, all right, they got that last win. Let's see them get this win against Pittsburgh. Let's see them, you know, get the win after that against St. Louis, against uh, LA. You know, let's see them get back to their winning ways, and then I'll really start feeling more confident in them again they're still a really good team they're not bad by any means but they've been struggling to get things going i'm gonna say 2-1 overtime hurricanes win all right i mean that's that would almost be almost be par for the courses because these two teams are they play so tight against each other and you know, the, Penguins, the Penguins would get a point out of that, but still, you know, considering they need to keep banking points to keep up with teams in the Metro, that wouldn't be mm-hmm. the best result that they would need. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, Jared, I'm so excited to watch these two teams. Um, it, I've always kind of, you know, how do I want to say this? You know, I've always just liked watching them play just because they fun, they play a fun brand of hockey. And mm-hmm. to see them going up against the Penguins, who I think also play a fun brand of hockey, that should make for a pretty good matchup and so i'm really excited to get this one underway i am too i think it's going to be a really really fun game and with uh metro teams playing each other i say it all the time every time yeah we play a team in the metro metro teams always seem to play each other a little bit harder than they do other teams whether it's you know the top team in the division going against the bottom team or what it may be they always seem to play each other a bit harder. So it's going to be an extremely entertaining game to watch. But Hunter, thanks for taking the time to chat uh, about this game. Again, crazy the fact that it took this long to do a crossover, but we did it. And in the meantime, where can everyone find you on social media? Yeah, you can follow the show on Twitter at LL underscore Penguins. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. And then the show is wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all those places will do other places I'm sure are out there that get my show as well. And for you Penguins fans, 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes. And you can find the podcast wherever you are listening to this podcast. And thank you for making Locked on Penguins and Locked on Hurricanes your first listen of this Monday afternoon. And now that you've made us your first listen of the afternoon, Please make Locked On Sports Today your second listen of the afternoon. Locked On Sports Today has the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. You guys have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you in the next episodes.